going on? RGI James back, baby. Homeless as fuck right now. Should we? Are, are we supposed to be doing intros when we do this? Nah, I don't even man. know. Or, or would they already know us by now, right? They yeah, should like, know us. That, that intro stuff is kind of like, you know, what I mean, it's like, I man, this 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 isn't it, man. This is yeah. it's not our full time job. I mean, I got like multiple jobs. <laughs> you have zero, but still, this is probably my full time job right here. <laughs> yeah, because the one I do look forward for... to these though. I really do. Yeah, it's fun. You know? Like I said, that's that's why I don't put like really much effort into it. Like if it helps people, cool. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not making money off of this one. I'm not trying to make money off of this. It's just right, right. Of course not. Yeah. So that's it's just definitely that. a it's a place to 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 vent and learn, you know, share experiences, share stories, and stuff like that. Yeah. Because so, as far as I know, only like one or two people that I know listen to this every so often. And I got a few. I mean, I share. You know, I share their thoughts with you, what they think about, and yeah. stuff like that. I mean. So I'm 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 gonna my New Year's resolution is to get an Instagram. <laughs> Everybody's like, dude, why you don't have Instagram? I'm like, I know. Mike keeps telling me I need to get Instagram. I know I need to get Instagram. I need to up my social media game. But um but yeah, it was I, I'm glad that we do this every week because I feel like throughout the week it gives you time to, you know, things happen throughout the day, it gives you some some topics to talk about and stuff like that. And I actually found something interesting that I was reading. And I know one commonality that you and I have is, you know, besides working on stuff, like we like to read books. You know, so you like to read like, you know, self-improvement books, financial books. I like to read fiction, autobiographies, stuff like that. And I know in our life, we have known people who have mental health issues, you know, people that we know, people that we consider family, friends and things like that. And I came across this article where they were talking about that if you're dealing with mental health issues, and it was easy, it was also related to, you know, to weed smokers, because, you know, when you get high, you get put in that nice mellow state, but your mind, your gears start moving, you know what I'm saying? You start thinking stuff. So the article was talking about to help with that, to help at least sort of cope with your, you know, your mental health, your anxiety, any frustration, distress, depression. They called it mind journals. And within these journals, they have like questions for the day or topics for the day or if something comes to mind that is bothering you or something that you like want to get out, don't have anybody talk to about or anything like that, they tell you, you know, just put it in the journal. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I have known of journals way back in the days. You know what I'm saying? Like, you if you watch old school movies, you know, the, the daughters had little diaries or their journals. You know, mom, why are you reading my journal? You know, but it was it was sort of an escape for people to write down their thoughts, their ideas, and everything else, you know, just because it was it was sort of soothing and calming at the same time because it was sort of like a a relief, especially if you don't have people that you can really talk to to have a conversation and get something out of it, you know? So I, I came across and I was like, man, that's pretty cool because honestly, I I started a journal back in 2018, but I was doing it just to remember the memories, you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I don't know what the future holds for me when I'm 65, 70, 80. I don't know if my mental being will still be there, you know what I'm saying? Like, So I started making entries of Good memories that I've had, you know, things that happened to my life, you know, going back to school, retiring from the Air Force, you know, just significant life-changing impacts. And even funny stories, funny stories, you know, some that we shared here on the podcast, uh, 
but you know, just others more intimate because I feel like, you know, I want to, if somebody brings it up to me, I want to be able to be like, oh yeah, I remember that story because I've written it down. You know what I'm saying? Or like if I get to that age where it's, you know, I'm getting forgetful and stuff like that, at least, you know, my nieces or whatever, they could read like my adventures, you know, and, and things that happened to me throughout life, you know, and, and sometimes even hopefully they'll, they'll gain something from it, from reading about these life lessons that I learned throughout my life. So I thought it was pretty cool. And I, I mean, I know you're somebody that deals with PTSD, correct? You I don't. Mean, I never say I do, man. I let the okay. VA, the VA has considered me whatever. Yeah. Considered me. I don't, I don't know, man. I'm kind of weird about it. I don't really, I don't ever talk about what I have. Like, I just, I don't know, man. It's really weird, I guess. Would uh, you ever think of journals, though? Would you ever think so, to write? What do you think about that, that concept of people doing journals? My therapist asked me to, like, to start, like, kind of, like, you know, doing that. And so I did one. Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually, weirdly enough, I had a meeting with her last, or this week, actually. So, oddly enough, we actually talked about that. Where, for me, I, I did one, right? So, and... After that, I froze. Like, I just couldn't write no more. Like, I, I, for me, it's a mental block of, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that I, I at this current moment in my life, I'll sit there and say, I'm going to take it to the grave. Stuff I saw, right. stuff that happened to me, like, I'm going to take that to the grave. There's, I think, six people that know about it, and I'm keeping it at six. So, for me, it's kind of hard right now to write in a journal because, to me, that's kind of like somebody else could read it. So, right. I think it's very good. Like, it was kind of nice to kind of, I think it's like... I think that's why you should write out your goals. I think when you write stuff out, it, it mm -hmm. you can only think so much. But when you're writing it out and you're like, you know, you, it's it's like a different kind of like I think part of the brain that works on those things. So I think it's very valuable. I just found for me once I did it, I had like an insane fear of like what happens if this gets out. So right, like belief. that's kind of what I'm going through right now where I'm like, you know, there's some things that, you know, because my therapist is like, hey, you should, you know, to talk about these things and da, 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 da. And it's like, well, if, it, if I do then potentially it can get out. So I, I found myself kind of like not wanting to, now, right now, actually. And I have it on my desk. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's there. Mm -hmm. So I have it on my desk so I can write it. But now I found myself where I don't even want to write because I'm right. kind of worried that like it gets out someday. Yeah, I mean, but you, I'm sure, you know, you'll be able to safeguard it and stuff like that. I mean, the only, the, the way I feel like any of my stuff comes out is from who I'm telling. Mm -hmm. You know, but I feel like my journal is my my privacy, you know what I'm saying? Cause I know where it's at. I know where it's maintained. And it's not like I have kids that are rummaging through my stuff. You know, right. I don't have to worry about things like that. And I don't, and I don't take it with me to other people's houses or anything. It's like throughout the day, if I've come up with something, like before I go to bed, sometimes I'll think of something or I'm watching a movie and something happens. I'm like, man, that, that was something similar to something like I did. And I'll throw it in there. I'll, you know, I'll write an entry saying, you know, on this day, this, is what came from this, blah, blah, blah. And so on and so forth. But I feel like it's, it's something that's gotten away because like I said, in the past, it was something that was sort of put on where kids like to do that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They like to keep a diary of their, their secrets and, and things like that. And I feel like it was only used for that, but I never saw it sort of used in the mental health aspect mm -hmm. because when I think of mental health, you know, at least in the military was, you know, you go to the mental health over you go see the the psychiatrist the therapist you know everything is always medical when it comes to mental health you know i've never seen anything or any topics to where even though i know you said your therapist was like you know write it down everything anything like that but i've never seen just the own individuals saying you know what let's just let me write this stuff down without having a professional tell them to write it down 
But that's why I thought it was kind of cool that they, you know, they had this article and I said it was called Mind Journals, mm -hmm. where you basically, it'll ask you questions and you answer them, you know, you throw stuff down. Like it'll just say, just write a topic for today. And that person would just go in there and write whatever he feels like writing and whatnot. So I thought it was interesting because again, like I said, they, I, I haven't heard of people with mental health issues doing journals. You know, a lot, and then, you know, unfortunately for us, a lot of times I've had people that unfortunately lost the battle to mental health because they put all their stuff on social media. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing was that to me, that's not private. That's not you expressing yourself in the way you want to express yourself. You know, I feel like it's just like everybody's knowing your problems and everything like that. And I mean, it, it's something that we do say, you know, talk to somebody about it and things like that. But at the same time, it's like. I don't know. For me, it's just soothing. You know, it's calming because it's just like I could just write whatever I want to write and just let it all go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, stuff's crazy. I mean, I think it's very valuable. Like I said, I, I found myself liking it, but then also found myself yeah. with a different side of like almost in a sense fear, but more of like paranoia. So uh, I, I have a really bad paranoia where I get really paranoid about a lot of things. So that's as soon as I wrote it down, I was like, damn, that shit's like it's liable. I have a knife right here by my desk. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of like I'm prepared that if somebody wants to come to this side of the house, I like, that's what I'm protecting. You know what I mean? It's really weird. Right. Um, it, it kind of clicks them. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I need to do to kind of get rid of that because I do yeah. believe in like, you know, it's, it's one of those, you got to write something down or there's some way you got to get an outlet or those different things. So I'm not, how do your it. kids, hmm? how do they express themselves? How your oldest express herself? My oldest has, it's kind of like me, man. She's like hard to read. You don't know what she's thinking. She's so internalized. She lives in her own head like I do. So it's mm -hmm. hard to kind of get that. My youngest is happy go lucky. Like whenever she's frustrated, she's like, she's very emotional. You can tell, um, you know, cause she'll, she's upset. You can tell on her face. If she's yeah. happy, you can tell on, like, she's one of those people. Um, right. my oldest and myself or, or we live in our heads. So you really have no fucking clue what we're really thinking. Um, and I, I've had that problem a lot where, you know, I'll quit a job and people are like, I didn't know you were unhappy, but like, I was so unhappy Then you didn't, wow. you, didn't, you know, you never noticed. I'm like, I don't tell you how right. I'm feeling. I just do. Like, I just, you know, so those are some of those things that like, I know that the both of us are going to have that issue. Do you feel therapy helps? Do you like that? Do you like um, going to therapy or? <clears throat> so what, what really was crazy for this one, like I went to the VA and they started like, you know, they kind of asked me some questions. Cause I, I just came in from the country. So, you know, I was in Japan for so long and I don't have access to mm -hmm. VA out there. So I was on my own. And I'm talking right. to them, and they're kind of like, holy shit, man, like, you have some issues. And I'm like, I thought I was good because, you know, for me, you know, like, and of course, you know, you and I probably know some other people that, like, they're on drugs. So I was like, I'm not on drugs. I'm not drinking. I'm right. not suicidal. Compared to the, my friends, I'm good. And they're like, hey, there's some things that you got going on, which I agree with. But I was like, man, like, compared to others, like, I'm great. I got all my limbs. I might have some issues. I might have some nightmares here and there and shit like that. But yeah. I'm not on drugs. I'm not drinking. I'm like, I'm super focused on one task and it's beneficial. So, uh, I think, I, I think therapy is good. It's just what, what I tell my therapist too, is for so long, I was in a feedback loop, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I can like focus on one topic and just be obsessive about it. Every mm -hmm. job I've been into, I do great at because that's all I can think about is just working nonstop. Right. Apparently I have some control issues. Um, and some like avoidance issues. And I guess they, they, I forgot what the thing they diagnosed me with, like, um, failure to adapt or some shit like to society oh, or wow. some weird shit like that. Um, which, you know, like right now I, I work from home. I like, I work from home. I work out at home. 
like, I'm at home. Like, I don't like to go mm-hmm. anywhere else. Like, there's, it, it's very normal for me. The only time I get out is to either go pick up my daughter, to go drop her off, pick her up, or go check yeah. the mail. Like, that might be the only time I come out of my house. Like, I've become, like, that kind of person. Now, what do you think about, what's your outlook on weed? If they wanted to smoke, <clears throat> get high, just to, you know, calm themselves down. Yeah. Especially if they feel like they're getting angry or they know they're going to do something bad or something like that. What is your outlook on that? What do you think about as far as, you know, having mental health issues and smoking weed? I think it's actually very good, man. I, I think what we're going to find out is there's more things going on in this world. Like, there, there's <clears> more help. You know, I did research papers on, on a lot of this stuff for school. Mm-hmm. And, man, I think there's, I mean, th- there's some things that you can go through an acid trip and figure out. Like, there's some things like that. I think marijuana, <laughs> yeah. psilocybin. Yeah. Like, there's different things. Yeah. You know, ayahuasca is <laughs> a big one. Like, there's so many different things that you can get a hallucinant that you could really start, like, dealing with some. Because there's a lot of problems that us veterans have where we just don't talk to nobody. Nobody knows what we're going through. And so mm-hmm. I, I do agree. Uh, I personally would, but because I fly a drone, it's FAA or, you know, so it's like you get regulated yeah, yeah. by like, like if, you, if I crash, I could have to take a test. So Correct. I just don't like, because I have my drone license uh, yeah. and I fly it for work and stuff like that. I don't want to put anyone else. So I just don't do it. But I think it's something very good. I think it could help people. I think I, I believe in more natural shit. Like I said, you know, if, if you go there and you're getting a plant, cool, but like the VA will just pump you full of medicine. Like I can get medicine yeah. anytime I want now. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't think so. I think there's more to healing yourself than here's a pill. So, right. And yeah. And then that's like how I told you, you know, with my shoulder surgery and everything, they issued me the hydrocodone and that's a very, that's a addictive opioid and whatnot. And I'm like, I don't take it unless the pain is severe, but lately mm. I've just been sucking it up because I don't want to be dependent on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want it to wake up and that's my routine. Like breakfast, hydrocodone, lunch, hydrocodone, dinner, hydrocodone. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just letting that shit go, and I'm just going to write it out, suck it up, buttercup, and just mm-hmm. do what you need to do. Yeah. But I, I'm like you. Like, I feel like weed, especially if you do it properly, you know, medicinal, get your card and everything else. Like, it, I, I feel like it definitely would help because it puts you in such a, a demeanor, calm demeanor to where you're not letting those negative thoughts, those evil thoughts ramble through your mind. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just chill, mellow, and, you know, just somewhat become more normal hmm. you know like my buddy's wife she she's she has a card a, a medicinal card because she has um pains with her feet so they told her this like there's nothing we could do medically wise like surgery or anything like that so they were like the only thing that will help with the pain right now is if you smoke weed mm-hmm. because it definitely you know what it does within the system and everything else it just puts it in a calm manner to where the pain isn't as excruciating and as if she was sober because she, you know, she's mostly on her feet at her job and everything else. Mm-hmm. But just the aspect of of what it does to the mind and the nervous system and everything else. And you know, a lot of people always like Joe Rogan's a big fan of it. You know what I'm saying? Especially now that it's becoming more legalized in a lot of states. Right. Like I feel like it's definitely helping more people with with pain, joint pains, mm-hmm. aches, and everything else. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm definitely pro for it, man. But, you know, it's just interesting because, like I said, it, it just brought it up with the mind journals. And, you know, that was one resource that they could use and everything else. But I'm like, dude, just smoke. <laughs> just get high, you know. Well, it, it's always like, you know, even with the smoking, it, with anything with anything else, like it's always like that moderation, right? Anybody mm-hmm. can just take it too far. Like there's a point where right. I'm healing some pain I'm having to now I'm healing my like I'm just shutting myself out of the entire world. You know, like I, I think there's some different things that go on with a lot of things where it's it's balanced, right? It's, it's 
it's that that thin line you know it's that yin and yang order and discipline order and chaos right, right. like it, there has to be that and I, I do believe there are some people that they can smoke they can have a great time and there's some people that just take it too far but i think drinking right, too right. i think if you have like yeah. a beer whenever you get really like that and you have like a shot of whiskey and you're like oh i'm cool that's great for you then but if you're yeah. like every time you have to have this or every time you get you know anxious you have to have a drink or then then that's you know that's bad in that sense because now it's a crutch so yeah i do agree like i think i think you know those drugs as they're coming up especially like, like a lot of veterans you know the va doesn't recognize it or they won't yet and say so piss test us you know i mean stuff like that so we do have those regularly but yeah you know, I think it's one of the ones where I, I really, with so many people coming back, like, that's one of the things they've talked about with, like, ecstasy and stuff like that is because, yeah. like, they're saying, like, you can do microdosing and you can actually start, like, kind of healing your mind of what happened. You know, there's a lot of people who made some really decision that made a decision and that person is longer in this world because of that. And, you know, I mean, it was combat and stuff like that, but they still carry yeah. that guilt, man. They don't, you know, nobody, some people like, yeah, you know, you know, the stereotype sometimes like, oh, I want to kill and da, 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 but it's like. Nobody really wants to, man. Nobody wants that shit, man. That's 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 some dark shit. Like that's right. that's some shit that stays with you in your nightmares, really. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the idea is that, man, we got a lot of a lot of people, men and women, that went over there and they saw some shit. And mm-hmm. how does your mind process it when we're over here in America? And some for some of us, we don't. We've never seen that shit, right? You know, right? Like it's it's fucking like crazy what a lot of us saw over there. And I think it's like, you know, what I mean, like we. How, how do you how do you talk to somebody how do you brief that shit like uh once i was at the va and mm-hmm. i was talking to a doctor and it was just they weren't a military doctor and so the whole time i was talking to that lady she she looked at me like she was scared and so i just shut up and was like i'm good man like i don't want to say another word to you because if i can't even like talk to you and you think i'm a crazy or not even like crazy but you think it's like radical or it's so upsetting to you or so sad into you i'm just gonna shut up then because i just want to i don't i don't want that look so yeah, that's crazy. I mean, as 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 much as the medical field is advancing, I feel like I hope it's something that they do regulate more. You know, like instead of like you said, just prescribing the pills, any pain, take the pills. You got mental issues, take the pills. Everything is a fucking pill, pill, pill. You know, like even with us in military, Motrin was the pill. Mm-hmm. You know, you got fucking problems, take Motrin. You got a broken ankle, take Motrin. You got a bullet wound, take Motrin. <laughs> yeah. Motrin was the Motrin was the go-to, man. It was, it's really crazy. But hopefully, you know, the medical field keeps advancing, and you know, they come out with newer sort of pers- resources to to help with issues like that and everything. Well, especially so, like, if if you think about it real quick, though, if you look mm-hmm. at how like marijuana became an enemy, right? Like the '60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hemp tax of the 1945, like how that shit changed everything too to make marijuana Johnny Depp blow, baby. Johnny Depp blow. <laughs> well, not even that though. So like, you know, William H. Hearst, who actually had like, like who, who actually would have lost money if hemp would have been the new paper. Like there's people that would have actually lost money. And so in 1945, oh, wow. they created the hemp tax, right? So check it out. Look it up. I like, could be wrong the year or something like mm-hmm. that, but it's, I believe it's 1945 hemp tax. That's what started all this shit a long time ago. William H. Hearst had like a paper mill and he had like a paper company or some shit like that. So he was doing newspapers. And so at that time, they were going to make uh, hemp into the new paper because it was better, cheaper, more reliable, you know, everything bigger and better. They, they stopped it for that reason. That's when they started doing the whole fucking like Mexican marijuana type bullshit and, and all these right. like propaganda things because it could have actually destroyed the paper industry, which was filling all these people. So all the people that were running newspapers were doing were, were, were doing these things. And that's why like yeah. you'll see like a, like a picture of it. If you check it out, it'll be like, you know. This marijuana turned you into a, ra- a rapist or something like that because because there was propaganda spilled that way, but a lot of it was from people that were that stood to lose. Because have you ever seen the ones where they have a, a hemp fender 
So this mm-hmm. is like black and white. So it's, I think it's, it's, it's like the 40s or 50s. They have a uh, hemp fender. They made it a hemp. Like, so they made a fender out of hemp, though. And it's okay. durable as light as can be, but it's they're taking a hammer to it, and it doesn't break at all because it's just as strong as steel. But it's just oh, more wow. of the earth. It's like, you know, that stuff. Right. But, you know, it's, it's, it's like kind of you look at it like anything else. Like they, they had electric cars before, right? Like this is not the first time. But it, what does it do to other industries? It disrupts them. It takes them away. And mm-hmm. so they kind of fought it that way. Yeah, every, everything's a, a money. <laughs> Everything yeah. has to deal with money. And it's funny because, like, my, my nephew got himself a little girlfriend and everything, right? And he wants to buy her gifts and stuff like that, you know, just, just to be, you know, chivalry's not dead type of deal. And I know that you pride yourself on, fi- on finances, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you want to make the money work and everything. So he, he wanted some money. And he knows I'm not just going to hand it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to do something for it. So, of course, he tells me, he goes, hey, Theo. He was like, you know, what can I do to get some money, you know, to, to earn it? You know what I'm saying? So I said, well, come do some chores. Clean the bathroom, clean the patio, this and that. You know, clean my car. Even wash my car, clean my car, and you'll make yourself some money. And we'll negotiate. You know, we'll negotiate a price and everything else. And I'll tell him, how much do you think you deserve to do all this? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then we'll go from there. Whatever he, Of course, he's not going to be like 100 bucks, uncle. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, something in the middle range area to, to compensate for cleaning and, and doing what you do. And I was like, man, you know, it's, it's crazy because a lot of these kids, they expect the money to be given to them from their parents. You know what I'm saying? Like, mom, I need this. Here's money. Mom, I need a new phone. Here's money. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, I'm, I was kind of glad that he's, his outlook was like, I know they're not just going to give it to me, so how can I earn it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what can I do to trigger this person to be able to compensate me for doing something for them? You know, I scratch your back, you scratch mine type of deal. Yeah. Do you think parents should be more into that, like, teaching the fundamentals of, like, what's the value of a dollar? Instead of, like, like I know some parents be like, you know, I'll give you a list of chores. And if you do these chores, then I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. To me, back you know, back in the days that mommy told us to do chores, we were just doing chores. Like there was right. no fucking money coming from it. We just had to do it. But what do you think about that? What do you think about parents teaching the value of a dollar to the kid? And do you think chores is something that the kid should be compensated for? Like, is that sort of teaching them the value of dollar when you pay them for when they do chores or what? So oddly enough, this this actually happened I think Chris like two <coughs> days ago or yesterday. So we're like like same conversation. So my daughter was like, hey, I want some money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like that. So my wife's like, go fold clothes. I'll give you five bucks. And I was like, that's a lot of money, though. But she was like, I'll give you five bucks. And she was like, yeah. all of it? Uh, she's like, yeah, all, of it, all by yourself, right? It's like, man, it's like, it's right there. Go do it. Yeah. And so she was like, well. And so I came and talked to her. I was like, hey, look, man. I was like, I was like, this is what you got to do. You have one. I always teach her. You always have a choice. I said, but number one, if you want something and you want to work for it for money, you have to ask yourself, is it worth your time? Yes or no? If it's worth your time, ask them how much they're willing to give you. That's when you decide, is it worth your time? Is five bucks worth your time to do this? And if the answer is yes, then you do it the best and the fastest you can. That's it. Simple. If not, you walk away. No harm, no foul. I was like, but you, like, cause I always want to make sure she has a choice, but it's like, if you're going to do something for money, make sure it's worth your time, right? Like make sure right. it's actually worth, cause there's nothing worse than doing something and be like, dude, I wasted three hours for a dollar. That's fucking stupid. Right? right. But it's like, Hey man, if that's really worth your time, it's going to be a lot of work on you. Then you and I told her like, but if you're gonna do that, there's a second caveat to it though, and it's like you better do it 
the best you can and do it as fast as possible. She was like, why? I was like, because you're wasting your time with money. So if yeah. you can do it, do it as fast as possible and do it right. Like that, those are the two things to do in life. And I was like, if you can do this in life, this will serve you very well. It, it, that to me, those are two like fundamental things that if you're doing something will always will never hurt you. Like if you do it the best you can and if you do it as fast as possible, because there, there's people that do things and they do it half ass. Then it's like, don't do it then. Yeah. Like, even if I give you a dollar, because it's like, if I give you a dollar and you agree to that, you have agreed that it's worth your time, then fucking do it right. Don't, you know, don't be like one of those kids. It's like, well, I'm going to half-ass it for a buck. It's not worth it. Then, then just don't fucking do it. Right. I mean, but also I feel like it depends on what you really want the money for. You know, like I said, for him, he was like, wanted to impress. You know, I want to impress my girl, show that, you know, I could get her stuff and things like that. So I, I was like, don't half-ass it. Don't just do it because you know I'm going to pay you after you do it. Like, make sure you do 100% to it. And I'm going to trust you. You're, you know, you're 16 years old. I, sh I, don't, I don't feel like I need to come behind you to look at your stuff. I feel like that you have enough respect for me to know that if you do it and you know that Theo's going to pay you, that you're going to do it to the best, like if you were doing your own house. Mm -hmm. You know, I told him, treat it like if it's your own crib and you, you know, you're cleaning it because she's coming over, whatever. Clean it how you would clean it if you were having company to come over. But, and you know, and I appreciate because now it's, <laughs> I think I might have released the monster because now it's like every two to three weeks I get a text like, hey, Theo, you need something clean? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it, man. Come down. Yeah. You know, we'll negotiate a price again and come because my brother's son, my other nephew who used to live with us before he joined the Navy, it was just chores for him. And I, because he would stay with us every other week. Right. So I was like, I'm not going to pay you for this because you're actually living here. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? You and I are using the same shower and everything else. So guess what? We're going to clean the bathroom together. But I made chores for him and whatnot. So he was doing that. So he's gone. He joined the Navy. I don't have the chore cleaner no more. Right. <laughs> so now my other nephew's like, I'll pick it up. But I need compensation. I'm okay with that because you don't live with me 24-7. Right. You know, you come. We'll see each other when we see each other. But you're going to you do it. You're helping me out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially now with after the surgery and everything, like you're helping me out, you're helping me clean my house and everything else. So yeah, I'll compensate you. But I told them, don't half-ass it, treat it like if it was your own home, but give me a hundred percent. But I like that. You know, I was I was very appreciative that he wasn't just because I was his uncle, he wasn't like, here's my hand, can you mm -hmm. give me some money? Because my parents don't want to give me money. I I get it, some people wanted to be the cool uncle, but I'm not trying to do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because now if I would have just gave him money just to give him money. Now I'm defying the lesson that his parents are trying to teach him. Well, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they that, were trying to teach him a way of, of money. More importantly with that stuff, like that that 16-year-old will be a 26, 36, 40. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think if you start looking at people and they're saying, like, one day you will be my age. Mm -hmm. And and I, you, I can't do it, man. Like, I have a responsibility. Even though you're, I'm the Theo, even though, like, you're not, like, my son, you're still blood and I still care about you. You still got to learn this lesson. Mm -hmm. And sometimes kids don't learn a lesson sometimes from the parents because they're in defiance of the parents, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. And, you know, or it's like, damn, man, he's the same way too, man. She, like, he, like, then this kind of hopefully clicks later on down the road or for them at the moment. But I think it's good. I think, I think anytime people can understand money and because one thing, like my daughter, you know, she's, she's eight, right? And she'll, yeah. she'll be like, oh, I got my own money. So she brought, we went to Barnes and Noble and bought a gift for, for, you know, somebody. And so we did it. She's like, well, I want this. And so she brought her own money and she was, she was a dollar 50 short. And I was like, okay, cool. I was like, here, I was like, you pay the lady. I'll pay your dollar 50. Right. And she was like, okay, cool. And so we get home and I was like, where's my $2 at? She was like, what? 
I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> and I was like, nope. I was like, you owe me two dollars. She was like, wow. I was like, you were dollar fifty short. And you could see like there was like, well, then how does you know like, like I know she couldn't like comprehend it or she couldn't formulate the idea. Yeah. Like, well, how did you get two? And uh, what I was trying to sit there and say was, you know, when I told her, she was like, look, man, you didn't have your money on you. You didn't spend it wisely. That's what you get. I bailed you out, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that sucks to be you right now. So she, she gave me the $2, and she didn't fully understand the thing. But the, the, what I was going for was that idea of, you know what, like, it, it cost me not to have my money. And I went over because I couldn't calculate it right. And we've been doing that with her where she'll be saying something. She's like, well, that's 10 bucks." I'm like, no, that was 999 plus tax. And she was like, what is tax? And it's like, you know, let's have that conversation. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You owe me more money now. You yeah. owe me that. And guess what? Since you didn't have their money, I'm going to round up. So now you just owe me like 12 or whatever, you know. So I, I, I like doing that to her because, you know, when you're having 16-year-olds, right? Like, and, and, I, and I'm talking about like me when I was 16 and I got my first paycheck mm-hmm. from work. My mm-hmm. stupid ass bought like a white Sean Don $80 sweater, right? That could only be used and it's white so it gets dirty. You know what I mean? Like that, that stuff that doesn't yeah. really matter. And it's because I didn't really know what money was. It's my first time having money. And so I want to let my daughter know like – you know, you can buy whatever you want, but there's a price. And then it's yeah. happened to her where we, we'll buy something and we'll go to another store and she's like, oh, I don't have no money. It's like, sucks to be you right now. Like, that's mm-hmm. why you don't spend your money. So now she's like, All right, I'm going to buy this. And it's like, never mind. Like, I'm going to wait. So now we got her into like kind of waiting. And yeah. both of my kids are like that. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But it's one of those ones where I, I think you like, you know, if we look at all, a lot of us, you know, if your parents were immigrants, if your parents were like kind of poor, you honestly have no idea how to manage money and like i mean how many stories do you and i both know of like when we first got in the military people living off of star cars or getting in trouble for like the money money Man, was a big deal yeah. everybody got hemmed up, hemmed up for that stuff mm-hmm. and it was like wow you need to pay your bills and people were just like like the you know that idea of like getting an eclipse a mustang or you know having that e3 e2 with yeah. a car parked there because they don't have no gas <laughs> for insurance or for yeah. gas is a real thing because we're yeah. 18 19 year old kids <laughs> And we have no idea how to manage money. We, we really don't. And so I think that's hopefully we can make sure that that doesn't happen to her. Yeah. And I, and I hope more parents start changing their mindset. So that versus just giving in to the child, you know, and I get it. I know some parents that are like, well, you know, I, I want to give my kids everything that I didn't have when I was growing up. I get that. You know what I'm saying? Especially if your upbringing was in a sort of poor neighborhood, low income family and everything else. But at the same token, I feel if you're going to do that, it's still teach them the value. You know what I'm saying? Teach them the lesson because God forbid your parents are not always going to be there. And even parents now that the kids are turning 18 is like, get out, you know, get out the door, start living your life and whatnot and be independent. But if they don't have the concept of, of, like you said, my daughter is being patient now. She's not just rushing to buy anything just to buy it because then she knows next week something more brand new is going to come out. And guess what? She don't have the money for it. It's good that these kids start learning that now. So when they graduate, because a lot of them know, I'm 16. The parents are like, two more years, buddy. Two more years and you're out the door. Go to college. You're going to live on dorm campus. You know, some of the horror stories of the parents that went to college living on dorm campus, ramen noodle soup, mac and cheese microwaves. You know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't living luxury, you know? So these kids are going to have to face reality. When they get out there, be smart with your money. But in order for them to be smart with money, you need to do it now. That's why I was very appreciative of my nephew to do that. And I feel like it's it's something that more parents need to understand. Like, don't just spoil your kid. Teach them. 
You know what I'm saying? Teach them finances. Teach them as best as you can. Let them understand that that you're not a bank. You know what I'm saying? You're not an ATM machine that they could just take money from you whenever they want. Unfortunately, some parents today don't do that. They just want to spoil the kid because now they're the cool parent. You know, oh, my mom's cool because she buys me whatever the fuck she wants to buy me. Or my dad's cool because he bought me the new Jordans. It can't be like that because when you go out in the, in the world yourself and be independent, you're going to rely on your mom and dad all the time. You know what I'm saying? And, and it kind of sucks, but...